Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I'll write it and we'll do it live. From the makeshift studios in Mullica Hill, New Jersey, it's talking ish with your commish. And uh, back off of our hiatus, we took a week off for Mother's Day. I had a great weekend, Mother's Day weekend. Got to do a few things that felt fucking normal, you know? I mean, this thing's been crazy. We've been staying in our houses, not seeing our loved ones. We've had holidays and shit go by. We're not even getting together. So Mother's Day is an important holiday, you know? You gotta celebrate the bombs. You gotta celebrate the people that brought you into this world. It's important to do that. Whether it's virtual or whatever you gotta fucking do, you know, you do it. So what we decided to do was go down to the uh, North Jersey shore to see Jen's grandmother and her mom, who happened to be there. Um, we were very precautious there. Her grandmother's just like, I don't give a fuck. This stuff's not real. She's like, I'll wear a mask and do all the things I got to do. But, you know, I think this is overblown. She doesn't care. She's like, whatever. I could get hit by a fucking car. You know, I'm not being scared of a virus. That's her personal opinion. But it was a relatively quick visit because Jen and I are very concerned. She's older. I mean, she's pretty young for a grandmother, but she's still older. And that's the age group that's susceptible to, uh, you know, a version of this thing that's not so nice. So we're trying to just be precautious. Stand far away. We're wearing masks. We're doing all that stuff. The next day, we go to my parents' house. And if you know my dad, my dad's one of those guys that rocks the beat of his own drum. So... Part of me is thinking he's not going to really care about this thing. And the other part of me is thinking, you know, since my mom's thing happened, we're all very cautious and we're all very like uh, viewing life a very different way. And I think that's had an impact on him. So now I'm thinking like, well, maybe they'll be more precautious because of that. Well, when we got there and we got there right on time, like right on time, which is very rare for us. We're usually very late because Jen takes forever to get ready, but she got ready in in the the right amount of time this time so we got there on time but my family always gets to everything early because it's like rush to get nowhere that's just the way we operate where we go 100 miles an hour to get somewhere and then when we're there we're just kind of like we sit there and that my friends is the simone family way anywho Jen and I get there on time my whole family's already there minus my older brother nobody's wearing masks like, everybody's just sitting around like it's a normal day. Which, at first, I am very taken aback by. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, we gotta be wearing masks. Mom's got cancer. She's in treatment. She's one of the people that has one of those, I don't, what do they call it, pre-morbidities or a pre-existing condition that might make them vulnerable to the virus. We're all thinking, I think, heading in that, hey, I don't want to do anything that would harm my mom. But... We get there, nobody's wearing masks, and I'm just kind of like, why are you guys not wearing masks? I like kept my mask on for the first 20 minutes. And then after a while, you get so comfortable just being back in, the, in a normal situation where you're just having a beer, eating some food, having conversation in person, not over some fucking technology. And it's a real moment. 
and you forget all this bullshit that's going on around you and you forget all the precautions and you forget all that stuff. It felt like a normal day at the beach with uh, with my family, which was very nice and I think very needed. I think everybody needed that. But afterwards, I kind of felt guilty or and I, I started like thinking like, ah, maybe that was a bad idea. But the more time went on, the less I really had that feeling and I feel like maybe it was okay. We have all been quarantining, practicing social distancing, not going to work and all that bullshit. We've all been just fine for the most part, knock on wood. You hope? I don't know if I've had it. How the fuck could I know? I can't I can't get a test, I don't think. Can I get a test? How much does it cost? If it costs more than like $100 or $200, I'm out. Like, that's bullshit. That should just be something we can go get for like 75 bucks. I feel like that's a fair price, right? I have no fucking clue. I've really never gone to get a flu test, let alone a COVID test. I mean, I guess not a lot of people are getting tested, or apparently a lot of people are. Because everybody's dying from COVID. Everybody's getting COVID. There's so many cases. Can you trust the numbers? Can you trust the, the facts and figures? Who's telling you the truth? There's so much fake bullshit out there. So, like, what the fuck are we to believe? We're, we're all sitting here in our homes, you know, I think abiding by what society's tell, told us to do. Stay inside. Flatten this curve. And let's be on our way. But, like, I don't know where I stand on this. Because, like, part of me wants to be very precautious because god forbid we rush into normalcy rush into doing all these things because like yeah you got away with it in this small setting but one person fucks up and maybe that does have a snowball effect we don't fucking know we don't know what this thing every day something new comes out about this virus children are getting sick from some weird thing and i don't think it's lethal or anything like that but what else is going to happen what other virus is going to come and fucking cripple us and not let people go to work and just do their fucking job? That's all people want to do, and I can totally understand that. And I guess, like, where I stand in general when it comes to anything in politics is just that everybody should be able to do what they want to do. If you want to smoke crack, you should be able to smoke crack. Because, like Darwinism, survival of the fittest, if someone wants to do something that's harmful to themselves, they should have every right to do that. And if it kills them, that is on them. They chose to do that. We can only protect people so far. So if people want to go out to eat at restaurants or just go back to their job that requires them to interact with people, I feel like we as a society can adapt to whatever that situation might be. So if people want to risk their life, you know, that's being dramatic because in all senses, I think the data that we have tells us that, for the most part, if you're young and healthy, this shit's not that lethal to you. It's really just affecting people mostly with some pre-existing condition or some predisposition to being exposed to viruses. That's it. People who are healthy, for the most part, are fine. So if we want to risk our life to go back to work because we think the risk is small, then that should be up to us. As long as it's not impacting anyone else. So if we can just have jobs and manufacturers, like I think of manufacturers, if, if a plant is shut down because of COVID, if those workers want to go back to work to earn a paycheck and the company is cool with that and they assess somehow how they're going to pay for this, like I feel like it is kind of hazard pay or those frontline employees should be getting paid I think a little bit more right now the overtime hours or, or whatever 
But if people need to work to sustain life and they want to go back to work and they want to just take that risk because they need to, that should be up to them and we should let them do it. And it should be in a safe environment where if there is an outbreak, they shut the facility down for so many days or until they figure out and contact trace or whatever they call that to find the source of that uh, outbreak. And then they figure it out and they clear it up and then they go back to work. I think we as a society can figure out how to do that. I mean, Christ, we've done so more, so many more advanced things. The problem is we're like a soft generation. We didn't experience wars and stuff. Like my grandfather, God bless him, him and my grandmother celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary. 70 fucking years of marriage. 70. They're in their like, he's like 96, she's like 92. They're fucking still like kicking and he's, dude, he like fucking just, he goes strong every day. I think this this shit's kind of getting to him, which is unfortunate, but, you know, like, anyway, my point was, like, people like him, he fought in a war. Like, that's a hard generation. Like, COVID, that's like nothing to him. He's, like, not phased by it. He's just kind of pissed off about the fact that he can't go and do what he wants to do. Like, they like to go to the grocery store and McDonald's and, like, all these other things. They have, like, their routines. Now their routines are fucked up. So they're developing new routines in their house. But, you know, I feel like we are this soft generation that complains about everything. Like, honestly, if I'm being honest with you, I kind of don't mind being in quarantine. Like, there's parts about this that are pretty good. Like, working from home, I fucking love that. Because I can go 100 miles an hour in the hours that I want to work, take a break and do me things, come back to work, go 100 miles an hour again to close out the day, and then go back on to my life. And if i got to sign on at 6 o'clock or 7 or 8, I can do it, but I'm in and out. That's, that's how it should work. Work works that way. We don't need to go to an office and talk to people and fucking have all this interaction with, you know, these meaningless meetings that could honestly be emails. And let's be honest, until this shit's figured out, anything we're doing at work right now is irrelevant because the whole, the whole landscape of the world is going to change post-COVID. We're not even in post-COVID yet. We're still in COVID. We, we had pre-COVID, in COVID. There will be a post-COVID, hopefully. Yeah, I need that to come. But when it does, we should make adjustments. Like, working from home should be no big deal. That should just be, you know, regular operating mode. We shouldn't have to worry about that. So that's that. That's my rant on COVID. Let me know how you feel. I feel like we all kind of feel the same way. This is getting a little ridiculous, but I respect that we have to do something to protect the weakest among us because I have plenty of people in my life that are in that demographic. So I will be a good soldier. I will abide by my house arrest and do my sentence for it is my duty. And I will do my... I will answer the call of duty. All right? I will answer it. Mm-hmm. You know, my favorite part of Call of Duty lately is the uh, the fucking, like, Ethiopian squad leader. The fucking guy's like, you have online. It's Joel Embiid, dude. It's fucking Joel Embiid. You have online. That squad has taken control. Hulu has live sports. Speaking of Call of Duty, I'm, uh, I'll be honest. I know you guys love Warzone, but sometimes 
I like a nice multiplayer action because Warzone's slow paced. It's like playing chess. That's I would equate it to chess. I like to play a quick game of like blackjack sometimes. That's what multiplayer is. It's blackjack. That's that's some of its luck where you spawn it's a lot of its skill and strategy. But quick strategy. Like boom 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 boom. That's fucking multiplayer. I need that a little bit sometimes. Switch it up. Warzone can get boring. And maybe for me it's boring because I get killed a lot. I get killed a lot. You guys are much better players than me. Like, Dave is good with every weapon. Like, Dave can kill you with any weapon. And one-on-one, -on -one, I don't think there's any better person in our squad than Dave. One-on-one, -on -one, Dave pretty much kicks people's ass every time. Most of the time. Stein, same thing. One-on-one, -on -one, great. Jake, one-on-one, -on -one, great. Mark, one-on-one, -on -one, better than me. Mike, one-on-one, -on -one, better than me. I stink. I'm terrible. I rely on wit and determination to overcome my lack of skill in the game. So I will find you on the map and fuck you if you shoot me in the face. I'll, I'll like sneak around in a way that you wouldn't have thought that I would sneak around. That's how I get kills in multiplayer. But in Warzone, it's like someone pops around the corner. It's just one-on-one. -on -one. It's you and them. You better get the kill or your team's going to be disappointed because you're going to the gulag. And that's a lot of fucking pressure for somebody that doesn't even know how to use a pistol. I use, I'm like only know how to use like an M4 and a sniper rifle because I just haven't played enough. I haven't played enough to branch out into other weapons, and I feel like I got to do that to be good at Warzone. So I guess like from here on out, if you guys have a, you know, if we have like five or five people online, I'll fucking sign off because I don't deserve to be out there. I know I got a ring, but what does that ring mean? It was just like the, the backup player, you know, the bench player. I was lucky to just be on the squad. This podcast is brought to you by Ramaza Inn and Suites. Let me tell you about a great bed and breakfast located right in the middle of Bindi Boo terrorist country. The Ramaza Inn features a lot of nooks and crannies for noobs to hide out in for you to shoot them right in the back of the skull. Come hang out in this room with a bunch of rugs that's called the gun shop. And then come hang out in this room with a bunch of rugs that's called the market. Come hang out in this room with a bunch of rugs that's called the electronics shop. None of these have any distinct things inside them that make you think they should be the things that they are claiming to be for any reason other than the name that pops up right on your map while you're shooting people in the back of the skull because they're hiding out like noobs in those nooks and crannies. Ramaza in, we've got you covered. Anytime you want to fuck up some trans little pussy fag. All right, it's getting late, and I got to get on the sticks, and Jen's probably going to fucking kill me for taking this long in the podcast, but we got a lot done today. We were very productive, and uh, we built a wall around our, all of our beds. So anyway, let's get to you guys, because I enjoy hearing from you more than I like hearing myself talk. We're going to start with a sounder from... That was intended for last week, but the commish didn't podcast, so here's the King of Jetro uh, and his triumphant return. Yo, commish, King of Jetro, checking in once again. Another uh, boring week here in quarantine. Last week, I had to get uh, my life insurance testing done. I'm uh, getting life insurance with uh, the goal of Maria and I trying to, trying to have a kid in the next year or so. Right. Which means we'll finally have sex. Be pretty sick, but anyway, gotta get life insurance before that happens. So I took my test this past week, got my blood drawn, urine drawn. I guess I peed in a cup actually, 
Height, weight, family history, bunch of questions, all that shit. Got the results back. Mostly good. Mostly good. The one bad thing, high cholesterol. And the bad cholesterol, too. Now, uh, if you know my dad's side of the family, they're all fucking fat. So, this runs in my family. Not good news. I gotta make some dietary changes. Gotta get back on my smoothie game. Gotta cut out red meat a little bit more. Stop eating so many fucking eggs. Eat more veggies. Be more like Mark, you know? Gotta... Got to start thinking more about what I eat. I'm not a young, spry uh, chicken anymore. But, you know, that's the bad news. The good news is I passed my drug test, which means I can start doing drugs again, which means I just smoked the bowl. Boy's bad. <laughs> Boy is high off his kite. Life is good. Smoking weed during quarantine. Let's go. Let's go. Jen's Prego. Anyway, congrats on being able to smoke pot again, dude. That's dope. No pun intended. And, you know, when are you guys uh, going to, you know, do the thing? Put, put a bone in the oven. That was creepy. I wish I didn't say that. I, I, that was like one of those things where, like, the words come out and you're like, no. You wish you could just, like, grab them back. Anyway, let's go uh, over to ML. The elusive dub, Brent. Am I ever going to get it? I do. You relax. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, man. You know, like when we first started playing, then we got the hang of it, then we started doing pretty well. Now it's just like we're constantly getting in the 20s because we're just fucking dumb. And, uh, you know, it's a team effort. There's no individual effort here. But it's it comes down to you got to have at least two people, whether it's a trio or a quad, you got to have at least two people at the end. That's the only way it's going to work. But the elusive dub, maybe I'll get it. Maybe it's just not going to happen, you know? It's destiny, bro. Destiny. So, like, we'll see what happens. But the only way we can get the dub is by playing. So, got to squad the fuck up. All right, here's what you need to do. You need to play with this squad. I'm going to assemble a squad for you. You have five players to choose from. You got to have yourself, of course. So, you got to be in there. And then you got four other people. So, it's really four, four to choose from. You can't choose yourself. I mean, you could choose other people that I'm not including. But anyway, the point is there's four people that I would choose from to fill out your squad. Uh, Dave, Jake, Joe, Stein. Me and Mark. Uh, Mark being better than me. But compared to those guys, those guys pawn noobs, dude. You want to win your first dub? I think your best chances are with a squad of experienced fighters. Me and Mark have like the least amount of fights out there on the field. So we're still we're working our way. But we're, we're, we're reliable if, if need be. If, like, if you got a squad of three and you need a fourth, me and Mark can jump in. That's us. <laughs> you know, right, Mark? You're with me on this? I think Mark's with me on this. He knows. Mark knows. We're not there. We got to get there, Mark. We're going to get there. Me and Mark are close. We're on the cusp. You see flashes of it. Like, Mark Pawn's noobs, dude. Don't, don't fucking don't, don't sleep on Mark. But my whole point is, Mike, get with that squad. That's the squad you gotta, you're going to get that first dub with. And then I think from there, it's dubs galore. Dubs galore for everyone. Guys, I think we're we're going to get there. We're going to be good. Uh, let's go over to uh, Mark, who's got some thoughts for the commission. Yo, Brent, you got a PC, you build it. Figure out how to use the fucking keyboard and mouse for fucking Call of Duty, dude. You'll be a lot better. It's facts, dude. Mark's, Mark's speaking facts. I'm uh, being fucking real noobish buying a PC 
very ex- expensive PC for that, and playing with fucking controller. But I never learned to play with a keyboard and mouse, so I gotta figure it out. I've been figuring it out with more basic games, so I'm not a fucking complete noob. But part of it is like you need a reliable setup. I got a mouse that I have from my Campbell Soup days. That's my mouse. It's just like some office mouse. It's not great. Not great for gaming. And my keyboard, not great for gaming either. Um, so we'll, we'll get the setup fixed, and I'll figure that out. And maybe maybe I'll get into that. For now, it's the controller. So stop giving me a hard time. It was a really hard time last night. My controller was all fucked up. All kinds of fucked up. Buy this fucking headset. Headset doesn't fucking work. You guys are like, ah, we can't hear you. It sounds like you're really far away. Damn, whoa, 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 what's up? Can you hear us? Friend? Friend? Are you talking? Fucking bullshit. Anyway, let's go to the King of Jetro. Uh, live from uh, the great, the great up north. Hey, Kamish. King of Jetro here. Calling in from uh, one Black Fly Road, Island Falls, Maine, 04747. Sitting out on the porch... It's a, uh, it's a crisp 50 degrees. The sun is setting. A slight breeze in the air. No bugs. Birds are chirping. Nice night. Great day. Life is good at camp. Miss you guys. Can't wait for y'all to get up here. Even to the people in our league who have never been here. The invitation's open. Everyone's welcome. I don't even have anything to say, man. This is the pinnacle of relaxation. Getting out of uh, the quarantine situation in Philadelphia and quarantining up in the woods in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. I mean, I might just stay here. I may never come back. Today, uh, chopped up some wood. Did some work around camp. Tomorrow, gonna do some more more work around camp and drink some more bourbon. Smoke a little more reefer. Mm-hmm. Today, uh, polished off a bottle of Widow Jane with my dad and cracked open a Basil Hayden. Right. Had a few uh, good old yinglings. It's a good time up here, man. I hope you all can make it one day. All right. King of Jetro out. Sounds pretty great, man. I know I haven't been yet, but it's it's, it's on my bucket list. One of my goals. I think this might be the year, maybe. Like, if we're all practicing social social distancing and we can get a test and we can test negative, I'm good with that. That's good enough for me. And I got the vacation time. Trust me, I haven't taken a day yet. And I know I don't get a lot of them, but I can afford them. So set that date, let me know, figure it out, talk to Jen, and do the damn thing. Let's go back to Mark. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard much about your chickens lately, man. Tell me tell me a little bit about them. How are they doing? The roosters, the chickens, how many you got? How many, you know, have you have you lost any? Have you gained any additional ones? You know, tell tell me about tell me a little about your chickens. Well, man, uh I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast. I don't know, I definitely did. Definitely did. I had to have. On the podcast, I t- probably talked about the chicken that had the prolapsed vent. That means its pussy fell out. It's uterus. No, it's, it's not. It's pussy. It's it's uterus. It's uterus. It's egg making machine fell out of its body. That's not a part that's supposed to be outside of its body. So we had to shove it. Jen Link shoved it back in. And after a few days, this chicken just died. So we lost a chicken. That was the most recent chicken. We're down to, I believe, seven chickens. So six roost, six hens and a rooster. 
Rooster's still a dick. He attacked me the other day. But now the difficult thing, Mark, is that because Jens is the primary caretaker of the chickens, because I'm terrified of the rooster and she just manhandles him, uh, now that she's pregnant, and like when, you're, when your wife's pregnant, you're kind of like in the beginning when there's no physical things to kind of like remind you of that, you're, you're kind of like, well, out of sight, out of mind, kind of. But now that it's, it's somewhat visible because like she's transformed, like there's a baby growing in, like she can feel it. She talks about how like she'll like, the minute she eats something, it like starts like jumping around. She's like, oh, baby enjoys the Gatorade I just drank, which is weird. It's weird to think that there's a human being growing inside your wife. Um, but anyway, I've got to figure out how I'm going to tame this rooster so I can be the now the primary caretaker of the chickens because I, I look at Jen and I'm like, you can't do that. You can't be in that coop. You can't be in that rooster. A lot of dust. You can't breathe that in. Get the fuck out of there. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get all my old hockey equipment. I'm going to put it on head to toe. And I'm going to go right in there. I'm going to clean. And that's going to be my rooster suit. And you can call me a pussy. Have you, if you've ever been in the face of a rooster charging at you, you would know why I was going to do that. So that's my plan. So that's my chicken update. Thanks for asking, Mark. Let's go back to ML. I miss sports, Brent. Bring it back, dude. Do something. Figure it out. Get your, get your shit together. And uh, go make petitions and shit. I need sports. Sports are going to be back, dude. Just hang on. Those people are too damn greedy and too reliant on money to let that shit just disappear or go for, like, years without it. Not going to happen. NFL's going to say, fuck you. I'll test every goddamn player three times a fucking day because we got the money to do it, and you'll watch it. You'll watch an empty stadium. You'll watch it. You'll watch a Monday night football game with the Cincinnati Bengals facing off against the... Cleveland Browns in Cleveland in a miserable fucking day in like December when it's fucking it's just so much snow and nobody's fucking there. You could play it inside a dome and not have snow, but you'd fucking they they're gonna do it in the snow for dramatic effect with nobody there because that's the NFL. They want to make money. So Mike, it's gonna be back. <sighs> I'm getting drugged. Let's go, Jake. Almost forgot. So the whole point quote-unquote point of us coming up here was that my dad's uncle my great uncle uncle camp passed away many years ago he was an avid hunter loved guns loved shooting his daughter my dad's cousin maggie was uh gonna sell his guns because he passed away a while ago the guns are just sitting in a closet time to get rid of them you know so she contacted my dad and said, hey, Jimbo, you got first dibs before I auction these off. So my dad and I drove up here on Friday or drove up on Friday, stopped in New Haven, Connecticut to Maggie's house. And uh, we got to go through all the guns. There had to be shit. I don't know. 20 different guns available, like at least 20. We um, we ended up with a 410 shotgun a Springfield, an M1 carbine, a Winchester 3030, and my dad got uh, Uncle Camp's cherished 44 pistol. All beautiful, beautiful guns. We also got some knickknacks thrown in. Got a set of throwing knives from, shit, who knows, probably the 50s. Got a uh, 
got some other just like regular knives like hunting knives got a crossbow you ever had a crossbow we got a crossbow um got a bunch of other shit man it was a fruitful trip very fruitful trip so uh you guys should come up to camp we'll shoot these fucking guns dude dude so for my dad's birthday the most recent birthday he had we bought him a crossbow and let me tell you it's it's pretty fucking fun he just like sits on the back of his dock and just shoots this thing into the water like we've rigged it up to like have that little thing like the fishing line not fishing line but like a rope so like it's like almost like a harpoon that's like try to catch fish we never will but because there's not i mean you can't see shit in that water it's like mud water anyway you'll have fun shooting all those guns dude that's really cool that there's like a you get you get something cool that's also like means something that's always nice we're going to close this uh, motherfucker out with Dave, who's come up with some content, singing some songs, some originals. Here's here's my, bo- my boy, Dave. COVID-19, 2021. COVID-19, 2021. I miss the old days, yeah, they were fun. I miss my playing days out in the sun. Operation Warp Speed is what we need Instead we got American greed Socialism's gonna be fun Instead we got American greed Socialism's gonna be fun Socialism's gonna be fun From his latest album, COVID 19, here's Dave Pinecki with his Dave Pinecki original, Covidian Society, the interlude. Losing it a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, one day at a time. Just pawn nublets, and that's about all we can do. That's about all we can do. That is all we can do. Pawn the nublets. Pawn them into the ground. So they, become, they can become one with the shit dirt that they represent. Yours that moment. Thank you all for checking in. This evening, I'll get this podcast out. You'll probably be playing Call of Duty by now. You probably have been already been playing for hours. Maybe I'll get on tonight if if Mama lets me. We'll see. Anyway, that's it for this week, this edition. Uh, we'll be back next week. 
and we'll get back on track. We won't miss any more. I promise until this thing's over. And then maybe we'll start talking about fantasy football in some kind of virtual league meeting, if not a social distancing live event. Mm, what do you think about that? Mull that a one over. Uh, thank you all for checking in. Uh, talking ish with your commish. This is my song that goes out to... Uh, you know, anytime someone's telling you not to play Call of Duty, this is the song that you're playing in your head. It's Talking Ish with your commission. See you next week. It's the ELO with Don't Bring Me Down.
is not giving its urn, god dog it. Um, I think you just got, uh, cucked. Still listening. You thought I wasn't there for a second. I thought I had you. Oh, you thought? Anyway, I'll see you on the sticks later, motherfuckers. We're gonna pull some noobs into the ground. Nuclear style. Warzone wins all day, baby. Let's go!